This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to a special edition. Welcome, everyone. My name is Craig Patterson. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider. And today we are here with a special guest. This is Matt Crowell. He's the founder and CEO of Get In The Loop, a very innovative platform that has been working with some shopping centers here. And we're going to be talking about uh, the future of shopping centers in Canada uh, at a time when we're seeing increased digitization uh, and the world going a little bit more virtual uh, and uh, going to be uh, looking at the future brick and mortar as well as uh, experiences that we're going to be seeing uh, more online. So welcome, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. It's uh, great to be here and looking forward to today. Uh, so shopping centers are, uh, for me, a very interesting topic. Uh, I do studies each year. Uh, I've done them in the past with Retail Council of Canada on uh, shopping centers in Canada and uh, uh, you know, looking at the top malls. And uh, it's always very interesting to see how a clustering of retailers creates a compelling environment uh, as well as other things as well. Um, so uh, Get in the Loop actually just released a white paper uh, about, uh, well, a few things around uh, shopping centers in Canada, as well as uh, physical retail. And uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we, we, uh, we put it together uh, and it was based off of a lot of other white papers we had seen. We were sort of inspired because uh, we're working with them. Uh, we thought it was a unique time to take some of the insights, groups like Deloitte and JLL and even Cushman and Wakefield and others that were, were sharing their insights for 2021. And, and being that we're working live with so many centers across Canada, we took a lot of what they're seeing and, and some of what we're seeing and decided to put together a, a bit of a piece on where we see the future of the shopping center going. Mm-hmm. So this, the paper talks a bit about the challenges that um, landlords are facing as well as the future of shopping centers. Tell me a little bit about uh, a bit of an overview of, uh, of what you found. Yeah, and I mean, I think some of the challenges are, are things that they were they were feeling over time and, and they really are opportunities. I mean, uh, I think like you, I'm such a believer in how important the shopping center is to be like a linchpin in a community in terms of local commerce and shopping. And so I think over time, they'll see them as opportunities, but the, the, the technology that's been coming to the market and, and the, the growth of e-commerce has been something that's been slowly impacting them year over year. And then the pandemic hit and, uh, and you've seen consumer habits change so quickly where people were forced with no other choice but to buy online and and engage with businesses online. And so overnight, so many brands have found that to be very important. And and you've got landlords there sitting there and now trying to figure out where do they fit in in that strategy. And so we just talked about some of the consumer habits that we're seeing changing. And a lot of that's focused around the cell phone, of course, and the use of mobile and apps and online technology that makes it easy for consumers to find and shop and search. Uh, And then we talked about some of the things that we think are really core advantages that a landlord has. and, And I think they have a chance to build the future of what really the digital shopping center is and, and still own both the online and physical shopping space in their communities. Oh, that's interesting because we are seeing this blurring now where people are able to even go into a store and they'll find more online uh, uh, from that store and they may not have the stock there. But it's almost like there's, I from what I'm seeing anyways, a situation where retailers are going to be looking at uh, having their physical space as showrooms, which are going to be, I guess you say, a brand activation. Yeah, I think so. I can see where the real t- retail space is going to c- become more and more a showroom. And uh, and I think also it's still that really good opportunity where retail is going to have that brand touch. I mean, so much of how you really interact and feel about a brand is still based on what it's like in, in, in that physical location to give you. How does their team service you and all those things? And I still think that's a really important opportunity for retailers. But there's no doubt that they're going to be looking for their centers and, and their lease space to see how they could help facilitate both online and physical transactions and support customers. Customers' needs. Excellent. Uh, 
And uh, in terms of changing consumer behaviors, uh, we are seeing people, I guess, one of the big ones is people are going online, certainly, at least in the short term here, they're uh, uh, doing more, I guess, online ordering and they're, they're picking it up either, you know, in sort of a click and collect situation with the curbside pickup or um, they're getting it delivered to them, which I'm a big fan of the delivery myself, even though it's not maybe the most efficient thing for retailers to do. Um, but uh, um, did the study find anything around, uh, you know, the changing consumer behaviors and what we're seeing here in terms of, uh, I guess, shopping centers and physical retail otherwise uh, versus online? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what we looked at, and I think it was a stat that actually Deloitte published, and it was talking about the fact that 63% of physical purchases are actually, the, the decisions made or the research is done online before. So I think you're just seeing the intersect of how important uh, making everything that's available in a shopping center available online first, because I think a lot of consumers' decisions and research that's happening is happening online first. And then I think we've seen it start with grocery. Like grocery was early into this and realizing that curbside pickup or direct delivery was becoming more popular. And then the pandemic switched where it became everything. It was like, you, you've got to pick up anything. And, uh, and I think we're going to see that stick around. Um, you know, it's not just from the research we've seen, but I know that we're seeing that as not just a trend, but something that's staying is people, they love to buy their groceries up front and whether they're delivered or they pick them up, that's a trend. And, and if that's the thing you're doing most often, it'll be where consumers start to think about all of their purchases. They, they want to have that same path where you could either buying it online or buying it in the store is going to be the same thing to them in the future. And it's just every thing is going to be about efficiency like that's that's really why amazon in, in theory has been winning or, or grabbing market share it's just efficiency you literally do a few clicks and things show up at your door and consumers are all about efficiency and and i think that's still where really a shopping center has such a unique opportunity there's no doubt that having a warehouse of, of a showroom of products with a warehouse and the ability to be centralized in each community um, it gives them a key advantage if they can be a part of that whole strategy that retailers are going to be looking to deploy Hmm. So that would allow shopping centers, I guess, and the retailers within to compete with Amazon to a degree if they're able to, uh, you know, create a similar value proposition uh, or at least convenience. Oh, yeah. And I think it'll be more than compete. Like, I, I still think that a, that a shopping center can beat Amazon. I think they have a better experience. And, and a part of that is because I think consumers are conscious more than they ever have that they do want to support their shopping center or local retailers, local tenants and merchants. So shop local and conscious shopping is something that I think will continue to grow in popularity. And, uh, and no matter what, uh, you know, the efficiency the shopping center has it really outweighs what an Amazon could do. I mean, you've got a category of all different products and retailers that are there. You're centralizing the community. Uh, you know, a shopping center could offer two-hour delivery quite easily right out of them as a hub. And, and that's something that I don't ever see an Amazon being able to really compete with at scale, uh, and especially in smaller communities, right? So mm -hmm. I, I actually believe that there's a world where the shopping center can really disintermediate technology. Having that bricks and mortar is really valuable. It's just how are you interacting with technology as well and sort of what consumers are looking for. That's interesting. So I guess some of that fulfillment, say for orders that uh, maybe going to a person's home could happen from that space itself, uh, say that within the shopping center. Yeah. And, and I think you're starting to see that already, right? I think some of the bigger brands are already doing where you can return products in physical locations. And there's going to be a blend here where the, again, the efficiency of, of online commerce has made it really easy for consumers, but there's a lot of parts of it that are still clunky. You don't know when it's getting delivered. Uh, you don't know how to return it when you do return it. Uh, you know, you don't know when you're getting refunded. And so I think there is a blended experience here where a consumer can pick. Do I want to pick up at the center? Do I want it delivered from the center? Either way, I could return it to the center. Uh, you know, and all those things, I think, make get a really valuable consumer experience that's that's hard for any technology company to, to provide. 
Oh, that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and in terms of, say, uh, the future of a digitized consumer experience within this, uh, do you have sort of a vision around that in terms of what Get in the Loop is doing? Yeah, I mean, I think we're uh, we're pro- we're providing the first version of that right now, and, and, and there's lots of others that are doing it as well. But you know, right now we've built sort of a digital layer on top of a shopping center. So the way that that works is we make it really easy for the tenants to highlight and promote different products they have available. And and through uh, through the pandemic, we've developed a lot of different strategies on helping a tenant communicate curbside pickup, uh, drive e-commerce sales, uh, helping shopping centers sell gift cards and other things. And so right now we sort of built the, the early stage digital layer. On on top of a shopping center that makes it easy for tenants to engage an online and mobile consumer and makes it easy for consumers to find products uh, available from the tenants. And a lot of what we've been what we've done has been geared towards driving foot traffic and driving consumers back into the center. Um, but it's become a much more integrated strategy over time. So a lot of what we do is actually work with those tenants to make sure that their promotions are live and streamed to the to a shopping center's website. And, and as things change, like the pandemic has brought on, you know, we have the ability to help the center from overnight. <laughs> you're promoting a sale and the next day you're promoting a pickup only because it's changed and the center's been closed, right? And so mm-hmm. um, we're at the very beginning, but I truly believe that the digitization of a shopping center in the future is a fully integrated strategy. Today, we're, we're a layer on top and that's all technology can be. But I think the real future is where, you know, access to VIP parking or understanding where parking's at, um, pickup, delivery, all of that um, is going to be done online. And I think the shopping center needs that to be built right in um, as a part of their infrastructure. And that's something that can get very special from a consumer's experience and really differentiates the shopping center based on anything relative to what Amazon could offer. That makes sense. And it's giving that tangible experience that Amazon isn't able to get. I know that Amazon has, you know, some brick and mortar locations in the United States and they've got the Amazon Go and well, they own Whole Foods, which has a few stores in Canada, but the integration there isn't really, really there. But I, I find that really interesting because a lot of retailers that I speak to, and I guess some landlords too, are, are saying things like, oh my goodness, uh, Amazon is going to obliterate retail everywhere (laughs) as it expands, right? It's getting into new things. Pharmacy, I think is the next thing they're getting into. So they're going to disrupt the pharmacy industry. I mean, they start, you know, Amazon started as a bookstore and it sells a lot more than books. It sells almost everything at this point. Right. Um, That's, that's fascinating though, because uh, you know, in terms of the, uh, the the shopping center being able to compete, I mean, landlords, I think are going to potentially have a lot of power. Oh yeah, and it's and it's an opportunity. And I I understand right now how it seems like they're uh, they're under siege or there's a lot of challenges and and there is there's a lot there's a lot changing and so for retailers um you've their their traditional growth strategy has been partnering with that landlord and get great space and good centers with high traffic and dry sales volume and uh, and again that's the landlord's key advantage is um, those retailers are still going to turn to their partners they're just turning to them together and saying what do we do together to compete um, there's a lot of direct consumer brands that are starting online you know quick and scrappy and it's going to be interesting because I see those two worlds coming together where the traditional large retailers and your usual tenants in a shopping center they're going to turn to their landlord and say how do we how do we compete and create a digital strategy that together you know highlights our lease space and helps drive commerce and then I see a world where the direct consumer brands are going to realize that they need to be in those centers and they're going to be wanting to be in centers that have a digital strategy that aligns to how they've already grown but there's no doubt to really grow your brand and have that personal touch with the customer that's still going to be in a one-to-one interaction 
interaction and, and then walking through your store at some point. I think that's that's still something we know consumers desire. And, and a lot of those reports that uh, we highlighted uh, in, in our white paper, they talk about that, that consumers are, are really, they're thriving. They want to get back into a center. They want to get into that social experience. Uh, you know, you see a lot of uh, a lot of people talking about trends, which we really have seen and believe, which is a lot more local merchants in a shopping center, a lot more food and beverage and restaurants and things like that. You know, foodies and the foodie sort of movement has never been bigger. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things that we're, we're seeing a huge trend in as well. So as, as much as we, we work with about uh, 500 retailers, 500 national brands in Canada, about 1,500 locations across the country, across over 35 shopping centers, but we also work with thousands of local merchants. And, uh, and we've seen a huge push and a huge, I mean, we've had over 400% engagement growth in local merchant offers and the use of local merchant offers in our platform. And so we're seeing that conscious effort where consumers want to support local merchants. And I think you're going to see shopping centers get a lot closer to that local tenant in the future to, to be different and to feel local. Mm. And that's interesting because the shopping centers, if you think about the big ones, you know, you're, you're typically, you know, your large, say Cadillac, Fairview owned mall, et cetera. They often, I don't want to say they have the same tenants, but they certainly have a, a repeat of tenants. Aldo, you know, Brown Shoes, Aritzia, Lululemon, you know, they're all great retailers, but they're also in every mall almost, uh, or at least the malls that are good. Uh, in Canada. <laughs> and uh, it, it sounds like there's an opportunity. Well, I think we'll probably see more local retailers coming into shopping centers at some point, as well as other types of retailers as well. I know a secondhand retailer, uh, a good one, a very good one recently opened at uh, the Scarborough Town Center, which I think could signal a trend among other things. Maybe we'll see some cannabis and some more shopping centers. I know landlords have been a bit hesitant around that, but, but uh, you know, local retailers being able to get in uh, to the shopping centers as well. And, and uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, uh, you know, how, how smaller retailers can be sort of, sort of helped with this technology. Yeah, and I think that's that's where the world's really changed, you know, because I, I think it's been natural that landlords would scale with with the big national tenants, and that's and I still see that those national tenants are going to be a big part of what you see in, in the, the shopping centers across the country. But when a landlord builds the right digital strategy that helps facilitate, uh, you know pick up and online and shop before and all those things that we know consumers are going to be looking for, it's going to be natural that a merchant would look to join that program. And if, and if it's inclusive that you're also joining like a digital community, not just a shopping community, I think it'll make more sense that a local merchant wants to find their way into that shopping center and, uh, and, and can view themselves as not just having to pay for the foot traffic, but they're, they're actually paying for access to an online community and, and, and really the facilitation of what consumers want in terms of their digital and physical experience. And that's really hard for a local merchant to replicate on their own. If you're small business B around the corner, it's hard to have a, a buy online, pick up in store, you know, same day delivery. All of those things are really challenging for you to operate on your own. But if there's a way you can come into a center and be a part of a local wing in that center or be a part of a local merchant network that can tap into the big digital strategy that center's put on, that's where I see they're, they're really going to drive value and, and, and maybe in some cases make it make the, the higher leases that come with a shopping center make more sense for a local merchant because they're getting more than just space, which mm -hmm. is one of the things that's always been tough for them to compete with. Yeah, yeah. Do you, um, do, do you foresee uh, something like even say a BIA at some point being able to use something similar to this? Uh, you know, it, it's not your traditional shopping center. It's not under one ownership, but certainly it's, a, it's an area uh, that has multiple businesses that are sort of under one uh, umbrella, uh, at least a promotional umbrella, or at least an attempted promotional umbrella, depending on the BIA. Some are better than others. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, a BIA is sort of a, it's a, it is it's like a shopping center in some in some ways, in that it's a, you know it's a conglomerate of local merchants in a downtown core, and the association's job is to drive foot traffic and commerce for those merchants. And we definitely see very similarities. I mean, uh, to give you insight, we're actually partnered with uh, about fifty BIA and chamber organizations across the country. Where uh, and so much of that, I would say, before the pandemic, it was like five, and since the pandemic, it's fifty. And so much of that was a BIA in many cases. Is their job was to host a few events a year, maybe make sure there was nice flowers in the downtown core and parking was ample. And now they've realized a part of their role is to facilitate, you know, digital communication for their local merchants and consumers and find ways that makes it easy for a consumer to, to search, shop and engage with local brands. And so we're seeing them adopt technology, I mean, quite rapidly. And I think they're seeing themselves as, uh, you know, there's government programs like Digital Main Street and others that are coming out where they're realizing that these associations need to help with the digitization of local merchants as well. And they all need help getting online. And so, yeah, we've seen massive adoption from BIAs and local merchants using technology like Get in the Loop. Oh, excellent. I mean, I've got this vision for BIAs where they, you know, operate sort of like a shopping center uh, having something really, really integrated, bring in people who, you know, say live in the neighborhood, uh, but building that awareness is quite tough. Uh, I know, you know, I, I live in, I live in the Bloor Yorkville BIA and often I'm not sure what's, what's happening in the neighborhood. Uh, also, it doesn't seem nearly as dynamic as it could be. Sorry, I'm insulting my local BIA, but I think things can be improved. And as an academic, I'm allowed to say stuff like that, but uh, it'd be interesting to see that the future of neighborhoods being, you know, kind of digitally integrated, you know, people in the community and even beyond would be able to uh, have an understanding of what's there and being able to even shop local. Uh, you know, for someone like me, I'm sometimes gravitating to Amazon. I, I hate to admit that, but you know, I'm, I'm in the process of a move and, uh, and buying stuff and I need it fast and quick and it's, I know where I can go and get it. Um, it sounds like something like this is you know, going to build some awareness, which would be tremendous. Yeah, I think so. And I think honestly, consumers going online, it's actually been an advantage for both shopping centers and, and local merchants over time, because it's really, it's made everywhere the digital main street, so to speak, and that your location is not as important. If consumers are searching online first, you have a chance to compete. Uh, and then and then your strategy is to make sure that you, you know you can differentiate and it makes sense to support you locally. And so uh, I, I see a big opportunity for both BIAs and shopping centers in being a part of the digital movement. Um, and, and I think you're seeing them sort of lead right now with that. And, and I think they can actually work together quite nicely because I don't think that even a shopping center is competing with the BIA. I think that we're all competing against Amazon. And so uh, this needs to be collaboration, right? Like a shopping center and their tenants, number one thing needs to be, how do we create an experience that far outweighs what Amazon can offer and allows us to compete and makes it easy and, and efficient for consumers. And, uh, and I think that's the same with the BIA. Downtown businesses, you don't compete with each other anymore. You're competing for eyeballs and a user's time. And so together, if they can come up with a strategy that makes it engaging and easy for you to go downtown and support businesses, I think they got to work together going forward. You know, that's the, that's the opportunity is bricks and mortars got to collaborate to really improve on the consumer experience. And they're all fighting together against the Amazons of the world. Oh, yeah. What do you think uh, we'll see in five years in terms of uh, retail and digitization and, uh, you know, sort of the, the future of, of what's happening? And I asked that with the uh, you know un understanding that we have already seen an acceleration, I guess, in technological adoption and, and everything else because of COVID-19. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really interesting. You know, there's a lot of views on what it's going to look like in five years. And and the one view that I, that I see, and this would really focus more on like the shopping centers, is that... Uh, I think there's no doubt that the value of their of their footprint will, will, is not going to go away. But but I, if you look in the past at like how valuable an air miles came because it had an ecosystem, 
of, of, of consumers. And so owning the consumer is what's so important. And that's what's actually built so much value in a shopping center's assets and, uh, and really in their properties that you own the consumer foot traffic. And that really, I think, was what you really pinned your value on. How many consumers could you bring in? How great was the property? Where was it located? And, and I think the future means that in many cases, the asset that a shopping center will own, they might be twice as valuable because of how big their online community and loyal shopper base is. This really gives you a really unique way to look at it where your footprint might not be five kilometers. It might be 50. You could be selling stuff all over the city as a central hub from a shopping center. And so I think you're going to see every business, big and smalls, strategy and the value they build in their business is going to be based on the online community they can curate, their ability to engage consumers and then build loyalty, which obviously drives purchase intent. So I see a real future where, you know, I think we talked about in our white paper, where 75% of the consumer audience a shopping center provides might actually be online first, but that's okay as long as they still drive really good foot traffic as a part of that strategy. So there's no doubt that uh, it's going to continue to evolve more and more online. And then as I mean, as companies like Shopify and others continue to make it easier for the little guy to win, um, that's what gets me excited is, uh, is the little guy winning and, and pushing back against the Amazon, like you said, that's moving into every industry, right? So there needs to be a lot of technology partners and service providers and, and digital experts that get behind these shopping centers, get behind local merchants and, and help them create a strategy that uh, can't be swallowed up by the behemoth. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. I hope this is successful too, because uh, you know we're... There are concerns amongst many that, you know, we may lose a lot of local retailers. Uh, it's a shame this wasn't out sooner. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And I see that. And, you know, um, I, I'm concerned as well. We work with a lot of them. We talk to a lot of retailers every day. And, and, and I do think, um, you know, this is like a forest fire. Uh, when a forest fire rips through, there's a lot of damage. And, and I think the pandemic has been a forest fire on retail and, and on local merchants. It's, it's ripped through everybody. Um, but the neat thing that they, uh, and, and I, I know this well, cause I, I live in the Okanagan in Kelowna. We have a lot of forest fires. And uh, uh, the neat thing that happens after a forest fire is it's a breeding ground for opportunity. Um, it's a, it's, it's a fresh slate. Uh, always you end up with fresh trees and fresh grass growing and, uh, and it becomes a really unique mountainside again. And, and I think that's what we're going to see out of the pandemic. You know, 2021 is the year of the innovator. And so you're going to see brands that, uh, that were able to adapt and keep their, keep their share and grow it. But you're going to see a lot of new upstart local merchants, you know, new direct consumer brands that go into shopping centers. Like I think the world's going to change so much because uh, the pandemic has created so much opportunity, but also a lot of disruption, which which will leave, unfortunately, a lot of groups in the dust if they don't pivot quickly and, and make the moves to where the consumers are going. Oh, that's fascinating. So, And I've seen that too. We've got these new brands that are coming about and uh, they're already gaining a loyalty and a following, even if they don't necessarily have a physical space uh, you know, in the local community or in Canada for that matter. Yeah. And I think that's where you'll actually see landlords be very incentivized to be partnering with those brands and getting them in building physical spaces because they've learned to, to build that online community, which is, I think, what everybody's going to be looking to do. Um, but there's no doubt there's a huge advantage for any direct consumer brand to have that, sh that showroom. And, and it's really up to landlords to, to find that match where they're both seeing value in that. Mm -hmm. And I wonder about, you know, some of these brands would have that physical presence. They would also be making some sales digitally. I've always wondered how landlords can sort of reconcile that in terms of saying, what is the revenue of that store? Because it does get a little bit confusing. <laughs> 
Yeah. And, and I think that's, I mean, that's a change I think you're going to see happen in Q1 and Q2 of next year. I think for, I don't know how long it's been, and you've been in this space even much longer than I have, but forever, the landlord's value has been how much sales happens in the mall. That's what's important to us. That's what we, that's who we are. The foot traffic's who we are. And I see that changing a lot where the landlord's going to want to be participating, contributing, and also getting credit for a lot of the sales that happen in a community, regardless if that's purchased at the till or purchased on the phone. If they're supporting a brand's direct consumer strategy or their in-store strategy, I think you're going to see landlords want to be a part of that, which again, just expands the value they're able to add to those tenants, right? That's where that opportunity comes. Um, but yeah, I see that being a big change going into early next year that they're going to all be looking at different ways they can be an integrated strategy with their tenants. Wow. Excellent. No, and I should also ask you, by the way, um, how did you start getting the loop? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's- yeah, it's evolved a lot. So I was unemployed. <laughs> you, know, uh, um, uh, you know, early on, I, I didn't actually have a job coming out of college. And uh, there was a real problem for golf courses in Canada to or in Kelowna, um, trying to attract new golfers. And so I created a platform called the Golf Loop. And it started out as a text message platform that would help golf courses engage with locals and fill tee times. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was sort of a fun project that I learned there was a real opportunity to, to really help bring businesses online. And so I ended up quitting my job, sold my my condo in my car, I invested everything into the company and, uh, and we built to sort of create a platform that would make it easy for businesses to communicate to consumers. And, and then we built the Get in the Loop app, which was sort of the best way for a consumer to find great offers, save at really cool companies and get rewarded at the same time. Uh, and then we've evolved a lot over the last nine years. So uh, there's been a lot of learning and we've been really fortunate. We became partners of a shopping center about six years ago. That's really helped us drive our knowledge and, and really the ability to help them today. So uh, the one thing we've been good at is listening and pivoting to where the market needs to go. And, and that's what's landed us where we are today. And we're feeling fortunate, but it's a long way from where we started text note golf deals in Kelowna. Yeah, definitely. From that to shopping centers and some big ones, because you're working with it's Cushman and Wakefield and there's others too. Yeah, so uh, we've got a, a really exciting partnership with Cushman and Wakefield in uh, in over 20 shopping centers across Canada. Um, so we get to work with them on the day-to-day. Um, so they become a really neat partner. And it's an innovative group that we're getting to learn from and seeing where we can fit in and add value to their strategy. And then over the last few years, we've become partners with other groups. So we're partners with different centers across the country that would be owned or operated by like Bentel Green Oak or Primaris. And so it's a, it's a business that's really started to grow for us this year. And it's, I mean, I see huge growth for us in that next year, just because uh, there's a lot of opportunity and it's a market that I feel has been really underserviced. I think there's a lot of opportunity for other digital organizations to get in and, and figuring out ways they can support a shopping center or its tenants as well. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that, I don't want to say that most shopping center landlords are behind the eight ball, but certainly I think that as the world has very, very rapidly moved digital, uh, I'm doing a lot of stuff on my mobile phone now that I wasn't doing before. Uh, it's, I think the world is changing. Yeah. Yeah, it has. It's changed so quick. And I mean, so many industries, um, you see change so quickly and they don't have a chance to recover. You know, your newspaper, your yellow pages, your, your radio and other things that are continually to change. And, uh, but that's, it's not that case uh, in this, when it comes to a shopping center, their asset. And, and like you talked about very on, you know, their hyper focus of so many great brands and showrooms of products in their centralized location, which makes it efficient. Like those are things that are just irreplaceable. It's, they have a real big chance to win here. It's it's not something that's going to pass them, but they're going to have to be innovative. And it's going to be interesting to see the shots they take and the innovation that some of these centers and these big landlords uh, put into play next year. It's not all going to work, uh, but some of it could be groundbreaking that we haven't even seen yet, right? Uh, 
when you when you get a, a big landlord that owns one of the big centers in the heart of a big city and they start to think creatively about how they could change the local shopping experience from a technology and mobile point of view that excites me i mean only they know the opportunities based on the, the asset and property they have right yeah, that's exciting. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we'll have to follow up on this and see where things go because uh, I think we're in this pivotal moment. Uh, again, I'm interested in shopping centers. Clearly, you've got a lot of background and interest in this too. And uh, it looks like the world is going to change. And I'm kind of excited to, to see what's happening. I know that COVID has been a bit tragic for some businesses, but ultimately, um, we are you know moving rapidly into a new world. Yeah, yeah, it has. I mean, and and really, it's uh, it's been such a it's been such a sad time to see what's happened so quickly to everyone. Um, but what what a time for for innovation and change. And uh, and I think you know it's one of those things. It's like training coming into next year. Every business is going to have been better that's made it through this year. You know, they're going to understand a better way to operate. And, and I'm I'm sure so much uh, efficiencies and improvements have happened. For, for local and big brands because they've been forced to and, and efficiencies that will actually make their business stronger uh, that they might have not made without the, the push that the pandemics put upon everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't think we'd ever see so much curbside pickup <laughs> among many other things, right? Yeah, uh, me neither. I remember when it first started March or April, I was like, oh, this is a trend. And, uh, and, and now it's like, no, this is a, this is a changing lifestyle. Uh, this, is, this is a lifestyle change. Yeah. People are, are going to be doing this on everything, not just grocery. And uh, yeah, that, that's the neat part, though, right? With that comes new opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. My mom did the uh, click and collect uh, grocery thing last week for the first time. And she says, I'm never doing I'm never going back. This is this is the way to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, but it's a huge opportunity too, right? Because um, it really, even when when you think of grocery, um, I mean, that's really expanded the net to, of how much people can shop the catalog of products you could show them. Maybe it's aisles they never walked down; they now see on their phone or online. So, and and I really think that that's uh, that's how a center can look at it too. I mean, consumers shopping on their phone while at the office or home—that's a that's a solution for dwell time. Dwell time isn't just about foot traffic, and like dwell dwell time is all about how often are you getting consumers driving and, and then spending time with the brands and looking at products. And that doesn't just have to be in center anymore. That can be online and, and getting to a consumer's phones a lot easier than them getting them in your center. Oh, excellent. Uh, is there anything else you think we should mention about uh, shopping centers, the future of retail and uh, how they can get over uh, the, you know, Amazon? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think we covered a lot, you know, uh, you know, I, I sure love the, the the work you guys are doing. And I love keeping up to date on what the different retailers are doing. You guys cover so many great brands um, and, and how they're transitioning. And so uh, I'm learning from you as, as you follow these stories. And it'll be neat to, to reconnect in six months and see where we've landed and, and, and what we've seen, because uh, I think uh, we've got some ideas today. And we, we both think we have a pretty good idea where it's going. But I bet you we're half right and we're half wrong. There's going to be a lot of stuff that we don't even expect that's coming to the forefront. So it's going to be neat to watch. Oh, I know, I'm excited. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do a follow up here because uh, it sounds like uh, this is going to be a really interesting time. 2021. I love how you said the year of the innovator. So, yeah, yeah. we'll just cross fingers and, and hope it works well. So thank you so much. This has been uh, Matt uh, Crowell. He's the founder and CEO of get in the loop, which is working with some uh, tremendous landlords and uh, has a very innovative platform that I think we're going to be seeing rolled out uh, quite extensively in 2021. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, have a great, great holiday season. Eh? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening today. I'm Craig Patterson. I'm the editor in chief of Retail Insider and uh, happy holidays. 
And thank you to our listeners for being with us today. Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and we'd appreciate it if you left a review with your podcast provider to help others find us too. And just a gentle reminder, we do have an email newsletter that you can subscribe to that goes out every weekday morning and it has a link to the Canadian news from around the web that we've curated from the previous day as well as links to our recently published articles exclusive to Retail Insider. If you go to our website, retail-insider.com, you can find the subscribe area towards the bottom of our main page, and then you can get that email into your inbox every morning. Thank you everyone for listening, and until next time.